everyone. Welcome to, it is episode 324 of This Is Whole Life. And Ken is not with us here today. We're recording in a new place. We're sitting amongst a pile of boxes. and But we're going to get this done anyway. <laughs> and so, uh, Ken, just know that you're missed. And um, He is missed. He mm-hmm. is missed. So, and so is that very soundproof room. I know. It's very much yeah. so. It's a little echoey. It's a little bit a little yeah. bit different sound in here, but we'll get it fixed. So before we get started, we had feedback from our question last week about possibly changing the format of the show. We asked you guys, is it too long if we put, just put the regular episode into one and then the questions in another? Because you guys are sending in a ton of questions and this week. We have even more questions, but here was a response and you didn't tell me what your name was. So to anonymous, this is their response. Good morning, whole life podcast team. I wanted to call and cast my vote to keep your format the same. I've been a listener since 2019. It is a well-executed and formative podcast. I wanted to thank all of the people who are participating in putting it together because I know it takes a lot of work. I personally do not mind that it goes long, as in some weeks. It's a lot to unpack and discuss. Let's face it, we watch TV programs or sporting events that last much longer than the podcast. (laughs) I really look forward to the middle of the week and the additional discussion of the sermon. It's a great hump daycare. The bonus episodes that air from time to time are a fun addition. So I get a vote. Please keep it in the current format. God bless each of you and have a great day. Thank you. Wow, congrats. That's amazing. So is that you, Randy? Did you send that in? Because <laughs> it's a little less work for you. Right? One, one might think that it, it could be me. No, on a, uh, it actually came in, I believe, this morning when I uh, when I opened up just before we started to record here at the church. It was in the text messages waiting for me. So I yeah. um, I kind of tend to agree. I, I think when we look at our overall consumption of media and uh, 30... Well, we're not usually 30. We're usually 45 to 50 is where we usually land. And the occasional hour comes here and there. But, you know, my beloved Packers take about three hours to get through <laughs> oh a game. So well, I can uh, I can, I can, do that for the podcast, too. So if you missed this week's message, I would encourage you to go back, swipe up in today's show notes, and you'll find a link to Speaking of Grace where you will find the message and one of the response sessions where questions were asked and answered. I think this is probably the best sermon I've ever heard personally on the topic of being single. Mm. A long, long time in a galaxy far, far away. Far, far away. Far, far away. (laughs) I created a documentary with a partner who uh, was on singles in the church and how they feel easily excluded if you don't. If you don't provide inclusion, you're providing exclusion naturally, and it's not for always a bad cause. Because, like Ken mentioned, we we hear Genesis 2, 18 and 24, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. The two are united into one. How many times have we heard that in a sermon? (laughs) And yet Ken had so many other good verses that really showed the the positives and the upsides of being single. Well, I think it's an, it was an empowering ser- sermon, mm. I think, too. Uh, I'm not single. We have with us, by the way, just in case you didn't know, Anderlene Brady is, Brady is here with us. 
so I, I figured it would be much better to have Anderlene, who is single at this point in her life. Single and ready to mingle. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh, single. And no, single and mingling. Uh, okay, this, and this podcast may stories. take on a whole new audience. I was going to say, we okay. just took on a whole new meaning. Hey, you might have a sub-podcast you know, ready to go. Because this is whole life. This is whole life. <laughs> I like it. But I really enjoyed how he took uh, various scripture and helped us see those scriptures in a different way. I mean, Jesus was single, which is, uh, you wow. know, really, you know, we we talk about his view of marriage, but here he's speaking from a single, uh, single man in a culture that's highly matched. Yeah. So, and Anderlene, I appreciated your comments and I wanted yeah. you to maybe, if anything... I know every time you're up front, it's like, oh, I wish I would have said this. Or I wish somebody would have asked me that question. And I think the question that they asked you was, can you think of an experience in church where you felt loved, accepted, and valued Mm -hmm. as you are as a single person? And what specifically made you feel included? And I love the answer that you gave on on, uh, during the service because I felt like, this is who we are striving to be every day here at Whole Life is to be family. We talk about it a lot. Could you speak a little bit to that, your experience, and then if there was anything else that kind of came along afterwards that made you go, oh, I wish I would have added that to that piece? Sure. I, I think we tend to put singles into a one group, and I have to really speak out for singles who are never married and no children mm. versus single who was married and has children. There's just different responsibilities associated with singlehood that I think we have to honor the different subgroupings within what we call singleness. Mm. And so I just want to take time to kind of honor those who are single and never had children and are finding the weight of singleness really difficult to bear. That being said, I think the one thing that came to mind that I wish that I had said was that in my moments of great difficulty with my own level of singleness, I found that the people who offered the greatest comfort were the people who were happily married and safely secure in their marriages and were able to speak to my singleness in the way that was both balanced and enriching. They did not highly praise marriage, but they also did not negate the microaggressions, the issues that are related to being single within the church. And so for me, I think I really wanted to to applaud those who just solidly know how to minister to individuals, not even singleness, sure. individuals by just being themselves and inviting into solid relationships um, without creating value systems that are not the first thing that you have to consider. Right. Does yeah. that make sense? I, I hope I, yeah, I clarified that. I, I think that. that's a really good point. I think that sometimes we pull it apart so much mm-hmm. that we create within ourselves this uh, silo that I that yeah. make it really difficult for me to relate to anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. you can break down these subgroups so much. Rather than breaking them down, maybe that's the piece that, you know, and Jesus does say that in, in, in Matthew, um, Matthew 19, actually, this was part of the sermon. I, I think that's a really insightful part that Jesus says, look, you guys are talking about marriage here, 
but you don't realize there's a whole other group of people. People that are who, and he brings up the eunuchs, but there is more than just the eunuchs. Mm-hmm. Sure, but other people who don't even see this the same way you do. They're not even looking at it the same way. But then he's drawing us all together. Correct. And he's, and I think that's the piece that where the church can come in. Not to say that we shouldn't be finding those nuanced painful thing, you know, loneliness. And by the way, married people are lonely too. But there are sides to this that I think we could put together and say, mm-hmm. there's a universality mm-hmm. to some of the things that I'm going through. And it has nothing to do with the single piece mm-hmm. of me, mm-hmm. but it can come together with those. So I like what you said in terms of sometimes we have to look beyond even our own, what we would call social demographics. Demographic so yeah. or status, you yeah. know, like yeah. it's like, to me, it's just another label. It's another label. Just because yeah. you are married or you're single doesn't doesn't mean anything one way or the other. People are going to remember how you treat them. People are going to remember how you engage with them. And I think the overall theme of the message is our completion is in Christ, whether mm-hmm. we are single, whether we're married, whether you're like Anderlene and I who have been married and divorced. And I'm remarried for the last 22 years, but that hasn't followed you yet, or maybe it never will. I mean, who knows what God has for you, mm-hmm. but to think of, I've been in your place mm-hmm. and I've seen where there's such the, the pressure that you talked about, you know, to get married. And then, well, once you're married, are you having kids? And so it, to me, it's not just the single and the, the married, because we put pressure on people on every step of their spiritual journey. Correct. You you know, have you died to self yet? Well, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, at the very basic part of it, maybe on the outside it looks like I have, but have mm-hmm. I really? Well, mm-hmm. no, none of us has made that. Well, right? you know, you just said something that's really important. Have you died to self? You know, we as Christians, and I'm going to just break it down even further. We as Adventists, we want to find the solution right away. <laughs> yeah, we do to your problem. <laughs> mm. And so we 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 forget the validation piece. Correct. And we forget the fact that the solution that we have may not be what they need. And so we we fail. And that's why people say, well, you don't understand where I come from. Mm. Yeah. And that's where that, you know, that's where we get this because we're so intent on mm. not validating and not doing it. And so I Ouch. think I think if we could figure out a way to say, you know what, the, all they're asking for is this understanding. And uh, you know where they're at, and then then we can move into the idea of what does it mean to validate this person mm-hmm. for who they are, Ooh, and I think that's one. what Christ was doing is wow. saying I I validate who you are and where you're at. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to show you that what path you're on may need to be altered because all I need you to do is follow me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a it's just a beautiful way of looking at that. And I think when we look at it that way. We're, we can all look at each other then and just yeah. see each we're other. Followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just see each other. We're on the same path. It, it lowers some of those expectations that we magically, and I don't even know sometimes where, if you look at someone and you go, well, that's really weird that that person is, you know, single or that person has this vocation. I mean, you know what I mean? Sometimes who your, your perception of people doesn't seem to add up in your head. Mm-hmm. And then you go, well, who, who am I to mm-hmm. make this assertion? And when... My completion is found in Jesus. I know in days when I remember that and in days when I practice that, everybody looks a lot different to me. Yeah, Situations look different to me. Life looks different to me. And so I, that was one of the favorite parts of what, what Ken said. And I don't remember if he mentioned it specifically, but he tiptoed 
we almost hold marriage as an idol. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like one of those things like you can the Sabbath or the institution of marriage. And, you know, we will <laughs> we will defend a ton of our beliefs and a ton of even our political views. A lot of things we will hold to this this magic kind of this magic status. And I was thinking and this is sort of off topic, maybe, but I was thinking about the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. So in a perfect world, sinless. I mean, there wasn't a marriage ceremony, but obviously God put two people together. Mm-hmm. It was that the plan? Like, was would there be singles if 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 we hadn't fallen? Would there be singles? Ooh, and that's, that's a that, good thought. And I, the only reason I say that is not to make some kind of crazy debate, but mm-hmm. I'm but I'm wondering if we see it, if that's really true that that was the way God had intended. Then we also have to look at how far we've fallen <laughs> and how far that marriage has fallen in many ways from that same thing. So to hold it up, like just the the balancing act we try to do to something. But I, I, it was an interesting question. I just thought I'd throw that out there to see if anyone had any ideas or had ever thought about that before. Because um, I have thought about it before, but it did come back to me at that moment. Yeah, I, I've I've kind of spent a lot of time thinking about that because I, I get this question about singleness. When do you think I'm gonna get married all the time from young <laughs> young kids and how do I pray for my marital destiny and all this stuff? And I'm you know, I had to take time to spend it understanding what was the point, right? If Adam was content single, right? Yeah and voice some concerns about his singleness, I think God would, you know, if he voiced some concern about being married, then God would have done what he needed to do to make sure Adam remained in relationship with him. And this may sound like blasphemy, but I hope it doesn't. The issue that God said is, it's not good for a man to be alone. But wasn't Adam with God? So how is he alone? Well, and you can also make an argument, and, and, and I, I'm not going to get into these. Are again, <laughs> as you look at the Old Testament, these are how this is Jewish understanding mm-hmm. of how you know origin of how God's you know how God spoke to them and how they see it. But if you look at it, Jesus in the New Testament, he's the second Adam, mm-hmm. and yeah. never was with an Eve, right? Right. Yeah. So we have to realize that there are two ways of seeing this, and if you're looking at it from a from a New Testament angle, Jesus isn't married. He's not he's married. He's the second Adam. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, we could say there's an argument for both sides. But he does say his Eve is uh, the church. Yeah, that's what. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. point. And I think Ooh. I think there's that side. Do, do with all and that I, what you will. <laughs> I think, I, 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 and this, the reason why I'm bringing this point up is that I, I, I stated this at, during our service, is that loneliness was the main point. Loneliness. The moment loneliness arose, uh, God addressed it. Adam was observant. He saw there were two of a kind. And so he's like, well, where's my kind? And that created a heart posture that stopped him from being finding his full connection in the Lord. Mm. So I, I think we need to be clear that the problem wasn't his status. It was the heart posture that was somehow changed when he recognized a lack of a certain type of relationship. That's an interesting concept. Is loneliness mm-hmm. of is there loneliness in the garden before the fall? I don't you know, I, I would hope that I mean loneliness isn't a a you know bad emotion. It's not a bad no, thing. it's yeah. not. 
but it's also what would not what we would call part of perfection. Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so, hmm. but it says alone. He was wow. alone. It he doesn't say he was lonely. It mm-hmm. just, I mean, we could put that in there maybe. We but, are digging yeah. deep. And you know what? <laughs> I have a feeling that we might have a certain pastor who might call in for next week and have Uh-oh. some. And have some no, there just, you go. That'll be fun. That'll be yeah. fun. Ken can do it. All right. So I want to wrap this up because we have a ton of questions to get to. Mm-hmm. And I know we're on a really, uh, Let's go for it. A really strict go, time yeah. budget. But on the the one thing that I wanted to say is Ken had some great tips if you're single and or married about being single, mm-hmm. finding the right one. And, you know, married people can be lonely too, finding, you know, or marrying the wrong one. So don't miss Ken's tips. They're in the message and you can swipe up today and you'll find them in Speaking of Grace, the Sister Podcast or wholelife.church slash live. You can actually watch that message and catch them there. But the one thing that I remember that I really wanted to push home before we go to the questions is no matter where you find yourself, if you're in a single and you have a relationship that maybe you shouldn't have had, or maybe, you know, wherever you land in this, God's grace is sufficient. That was to me that the thing to keep in mind as we talk about who's married, who's single, God's grace is sufficient for each of us and something to think about as we go through. And did Ken mention the Millerite? lineage in his in his yes, he uh, did. family history before <laughs> he did, i think he actually. did but i'm just like yeah. if you missed the message don't miss the, Miller- the beginning of his sermon yeah don't oh, don't miss the millerite clever. uh <laughs> the millerite trump card because that that was that was, uh, clever. that was very funny and uh so let's let's jump into the questions jahimi asked is the state of marriage or singleness at all related to the fall see he was right along with us mm-hmm. does it affect god's mission on earth yeah, I think we can speculate all we want on this. I, I do think that we have to be really careful when you think about design. I think that's the whole purpose. Read Matthew 19. And if you think Matthew 19 is on marriage, uh, I think you need to reread it because I think this is on Jesus helping us understand that we live in a in a world that is is willing to discard people. And Jesus is saying, that's not what that's we're not here it. for. No. We're here to be looking at all people as children of God. And he uses eunuchs during that time mm-hmm. to to create that understanding. But I think he 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 broadens it out. And he says, This is this is how we tend to look at marriage and it it tends to be in your mind exclusive. Matter of fact, it actually tends there's a headship piece in there too. Because Peter says, oh, if I can't get my own way, then it's better that I don't get married don't get and just married, play no. around, so to speak. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I think Jesus is saying, no, look, no. you're missing the whole point of this. The reason I gave you divorce, the reason why you were given divorce, I should say, is because of the, you know, the hatred in your own hearts. Yeah. Man, that's something to think about right there to, to, to a little bit deeper. <laughs> um, an anonymous comment just uh, said, God sent his son to save every human, so mm-hmm. that includes singles, married, divorced, separated, young, old. God wants all of us to be his. No one's path should be ignored or not feel like they belong to God. Amen. Amen mm. to that. I like Good. that. All right. Stanley asked, as Christians, there's often pressure not to date when you're in high school, but suddenly in college, we expect kids to find a spouse. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley, love it. When is the right time to start dating and how should we train our children to wield dating relationships? You've got a daughter. Wow. Um... I do too, but <laughs> well, yeah. my, my kids are all married. <laughs> Just, okay, well, I guess I'll take this one. Um, 
you know, honestly, I think your children will tell you the time that they're ready because you start seeing it. They start talking about boys a little bit more. They're cute a little bit more. You start seeing little notes going back and forth. And so for myself and my daughter, we've always had an open conversation um, since she was about nine or 10, when I knew something had shifted in her mind and conversations were getting a little bit deeper um, about, well, why does this person have a dad? Why does this person do? When she starts getting curious about yeah. human relationship, that's when we started talking a little bit more about the different family dynamics and family history and really just give her information that she was ready for as she progressed into her understanding of what relationships were like. Mm, I, like I think that. part of dating, in, and I wish my my family had done but didn't get to do, and I'm hoping to do with my daughter now, is help her to understand where her boundaries are. Mm. What, what, there you go. What do you want someone to see and value in you? And what would you like to see and value in others? And those conversations about what makes a person important and why do we want to have those people in our lives? And that those can start with, with friendships, right? But those are difficult to have with mom and dad. Yeah, they are. And I agree with you 100% as, you know, Ellie is dating age. Sorry, Ellie, I'm going to talk about you on the podcast a little bit. Danielle, Danielle got Oops. taken to task by mom, and so I'm going to do the same thing. But since probably when she was about eight or nine, we started having all the talks that are uncomfortable, mm -hmm. birds and the bees and what you'll find online, what people will say is normal. So that we're steering the conversation and always know, always knowing that when it comes to dating or anything, mm -hmm. we're safe. Mom and dad are safe. No matter what you bring us, you're not in trouble. I mean, just we need you to talk to us because if there's a problem, I want to be the I want to be on the front lines. Mm -hmm. And so, and I know that's really hard to do for parents. And maybe your child's not receptive to that. Mm -hmm. Also, I, and I and from there. It gets more dicey as you go down the line. But right. I think if you start before the quote unquote teen years, teen years and, and the, the hormone the, years. The, and the hormones <laughs> and the inner rebellion starts uh, mm -hmm. from the dark side, you have a chance. And you I think that's your best chance. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think most of the parents I talk with, there's a couple things that, first of all, don't make your boundaries based on fear mm -hmm. because a lot of times parents will you know all of a sudden they double down and they say you're not you know you're not going to see a guy until you're 50 you know and and 50 only wow. yeah you're generous but but i do think that we we need to start this conversation long before mm -hmm. adolescence mm -hmm. that they understand the what relationship you know they understand the safety piece of the family Correct. you mentioned that and i think one of the things that and you mentioned boundaries really really good too mm -hmm. and i think we also need to realize what do you do with your own emotions yeah and how do you, you know how do you respond to your emotions and do you have impulse control and and are these things? And so you develop some of those things even before they get into those raging hormones. Impul impulse control? Yeah, impulse you go. control. Oh, my goodness. Such a missing component. He just said a mouthful there. All right. We have got five, six more to go. Oh, let's let's go. Get, we, we, we got about, time. We, we, got about, we got about 15 minutes yet before we're going to let you all go. Uh, this came from a friend. Mm -hmm. What if you are in a marriage and realize that you should not have been because of various reasons? Should I get out? I would be more fulfilled single, but my spouse may be disappointed. Oof. 
Well, you should definition. never you should never leave or take on a marriage to help somebody emo- you know you're not responsible for their emotions if you're worried about them falling apart or crashing or if I leave them that that's not a reason to stay in a marriage or it's not a reason to be part of a marriage on the other side of it commitment's pretty big deal and and I still maintain the fact that marriages Though they are a miracle to be put together, they really are. I mean, you think two different people coming from two different ways of life, and then you're going to put that all together and make one happy, you know, family. <laughs> that is a miracle. Well, and and I think the part but, that I've been thinking about, along with what you're saying, is it's a miracle enough to find that person, mm-hmm. and let's say make five years. Yeah, and then as you get ten and fifteen and twenty. You're not the same person and neither are they if you have allowed them to grow and they've allowed you to grow and you sometimes those don't grow together. They grow apart or they go in waves and for a while it's here and a while it's closer. Maybe, you know, to to continue to decide to love that person no matter what and find new ways to engage. That's more than a miracle. Yeah, hmm. most of the time, and I, whoever I'm not, they know they didn't give it a was name. just uh, as a yeah. friend. So, so I would I would counsel them to do two things. First of all, be really honest mm-hmm. with themselves mm-hmm. in terms of is this them or is this me? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of changing. You might you mentioned transitions that we go through in life. We yeah. all do go yeah, through transitions, definitely, and. I think that there's a really strong possibility that we tend to not take the responsibility for ourselves and yeah. we lay the the problems and everything on our spouse. There's that. There's a real, that's real. That sure. happens. But the second thing is to look and to find a good counselor who Agreed. can look, have different eyes on this relationship. I don't think you're going to be benefited if you just say, you know, we couldn't make it work. And so, you know what? Tainara. This is, yeah. yeah, this is the end. So get another set of eyes, get a trusted person that you know that you, you know, go through this all the time. Being and, being married or single doesn't complete you. I think that's the point of the message again mm-hmm. is we yeah. find our completion in Jesus. And being single isn't going to make you happier if there's some, I mean, like you said, maybe there's part of the root of this problem is on you. And we all have to admit, I mean, in my first marriage that failed, a lot of it was on me. I, w- mm-hmm. I wasn't the only person, even though that person stepped out on me. I still had a role to play in yeah. causing those decisions. So I yeah. can't just say, well, you were the bad person. Right. And I'm not putting anything on the person asking the question, that, but the advice to get, you know, to get see, help. To get, yeah. help get help and make sure before we make the, make the jump. And I like can it. I, can I go back to, I think the previous question kind of, for me, tells me, gives me a little bit more verbiage for this question is, you know, these are the things that we need to allow our children to date and figure out about themselves long before they get into get to a marriage. marriage. Yeah. And now it's exposed. There are certain things that you don't like and they are, these are the nuances. This is this is the space in time when they're in way before their teens, of course, we start coaching them into healthy relationships. Um, I think we start 
not winger, you know, finger wagging sure, sure, yeah. or, you know, aggressively. I think these are the times where we need to allow our children to start uh, learning what the boundaries are. Safety is learn what you like and dislike. I mean, do you really like pink or do you like blue? And those stupid little questions that often end up breaking marriages like I do not like towels <laughs> that are wet on the floor. I like them in the bin. I mean, I've heard a yeah. lot of reasons why. People end up leaving well, and, situations and date with intentionality, even if it's casual dating. Mm-hmm. And and only by that I mean, I mean, go have fun. That's what dating right. is about: finding yourself and finding what you like, what you don't like. But also keep mental notes about what made me feel bad, mm-hmm. what made me feel good. And when you find that in another person, oh man, that's a good in the pro column. Or yeah. if that's just who this person is, and they and that's they treat me that way, and I like it, that's a big win moving forward. And then you know continue to build on good decisions. Well, that's the preemptive piece, right? Correct. That's this person here now is yeah. is in it, and I do think that there may be some regrets. Already, yeah, but. yeah, yeah. But I think you know their situation really is a, a good a good point of reference for us to understand that you know therapy really works on both sides of the corn singleness and with, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm doing more single. I'm doing single. Today there's more singles asking for counseling in yeah. their dating lives yes. than they've ever had before. I yeah. love that. Perfect. I love that. Let's anyway. do it. Go ahead. All right. Nashville Tim. I love Nashville Tim. There we Tim. go. I, I, I've never met Nashville Tim. Apparently Ken has, but that's, like a, that's a great name. Nashville Tim. I just want to say it again. Nashville Tim asked, what is an effective, safe way to, and I'm putting in parentheses, lean into conflict within the church community? Lean Lean into conflict. So I'm assuming that Na- that Nashville Tim is talking about the conflict between church typically being from the front and in ministry led predominantly in marriage. I mean, there's kids classes, which usually is a result of marriage and there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's couples things. There's, you know, we talk about married people a lot because there's a ton of them around us mm-hmm. and we can tend to overlook that. So if, how do we lean into that conflict if there is some between those two? That's what I'm taking from the questions. Nashville, Tim, if I'm wrong, send me the question next week. Yeah. I th- <laughs> it kind of kind of went back to what we had talked about earlier in this mm-hmm. conversation. I, I think leaning into is not creating so many divisive either attitudes or understandings that make me, you know, kind of sit back and, and waller or kind of feel sorry for myself. Mm. Or okay. I think leaning into is saying, you know what? There's some really good things that we have that are common ground that I can be a part of I, I, as a as a single person, but also as a, as married, a married person. I think what Ken spoke about, if you're a married person in there, in a church, mm-hmm. then lean into what might make you feel a little uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, do some, you know, have some time where you're understanding a, a side of you that not only is uncomfortable, but isn't anything like you. Sure, yeah. And lean into that piece. And the same thing for singles or the same thing, thing for somebody who may come from a different orientation. That's the beauty of the church. And we need to make that. And I don't know if that's what he's asking for, but I think it's looking beyond some of our own, what we might call idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. that I agree. that keep us from. If not, Tim, just you know, hit us up next week. Hit us week up again and, with another, yeah, another, another side of that question. Yeah. All right. Nashville Tim, thanks. We're, we're going to take out three with one here. So we're going to okay. take out Jared, Diana, and Corbin. Jared oh, okay. asked, what would be a sign that we are supposed to remain single? Mm-hmm. 
Diana asked, how do you know God is calling you to singleness? Mm. Pretty much the same. And Corbin, does God really want me to be single or married? Does he care? Hmm. So I think, does God care whether or not we're single or whether whether we're married? And I think that's the question we all you know, like you said, you get people, you know, what, what, what do you, you know, are we going to pray about this? Or, you know, I have been praying about this. Haven't, I haven't felt one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I'm X number of years old. And at least in my mind's eye, by this point, I would be married or I would at least have somebody of interest that we would have been in a dating relationship. And it's a ghost town out there. There's mm-hmm. nobody, you know, I mean, there's, we all have been part of the single scene at one point in our life or another. Does I, God care though, whether or not we're I think undergirding that question is, how do you know if you met the one? Like, mm. did God really choose that person for me? Like, I don't know if you've you've heard a lot of this, but for me, I think th- what I'm clear about is that God wants me to be in a relationship with him. Mm. Yep. Right. And however that progresses forward, I know that it will include other people, including my family, including the church, including difficult people because there were difficult situations, you know, people trying to kill Jesus all the time. And he wants me to do relationship just as well as I do it with him as with others. Love, you know, others as you love yourself. And so working on me and working in my relationship with God is the most profound thing that I'm working on, just period. Would it be fair to say that if, if our completion is in Jesus mm-hmm. and you're doing it, mm-hmm. you're, you're, or you're working on it, you're working on this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to find my completion in Jesus. And, you know, the next person off to the side here, he's doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Might that be the thing that both of you find at least this is what we both want? We're probably as balanced as we're ever going to be if we're even, if we're even, I mean, if we're considering this on a daily basis, I feel like your walk with Christ is pretty good. And maybe that's the first key to going, we both want to find our completion and we have found it in God. We're going to keep, we're going to keep digging. We're going to keep making it stronger, but that's a pretty good platform to be starting a marriage or even a relationship with. I think that the question might be looked at differently. Those are all three very different questions, actually. Mm -hmm. They, they all have different. They all have a sort of a side to them in terms of how does God enter into that piece. Mm-hmm. But I do think that first of all, we are built. I yes, I do know that there are some personality disorders that make it really difficult for a person sometimes to see relationships as important. Mm-hmm. But we are all built for relationship. Mm-hmm. We were born that way. We're a part of that. And I think for us to say, is it God's will that I'm in a relationship? Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's God's will that we're in a relationship. Well, because you already are. I mean, you may not like some of the relationships that you're in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but we're all we all have relationships on in one form or another. What that that being said, though, I think we have to understand that. God can use us in any of these relationships, Correct. including yeah. an intimate relationship and including one. And I like what Ken had to say. Don't think that you are complete just because you do or you, you don't, don't have a yep. have a you know a spouse or a a girlfriend or whatever. That is that's like saying, does God want me to listen to music or not? 
Mm. I, I think we're created, you know, to, to, to that, enjoy, yeah. you know, the the music mm-hmm. uh, that's around us. Mm-hmm. And granted, if uh, you know, I don't want me to step on somebody's toes, and my sister is deaf, and bless her heart, she 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 doesn't hear music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that as we see these things, when we try to understand, you know, what God wants, I think God wants. And if we're connected to him in relationship, he wants what we want. Yeah. That's that's how I think. All right. Final question. What if you're single and have no friends? I know that God is always with us, but we singles can feel lonely at times. And I think we kind of talked I about think, that yeah. lonely mm-hmm. aspect of it. But I, I would hope that here at Whole Life Church, and I know if you're not an extrovert, it's a little bit hard to go up and talk to other people. But if there's someone that, you know, you don't you don't know, you'd like to know better, even if that person is a, is a married couple or a family. Just speaking for myself, if someone comes up and says, hey, you guys want to go get lunch? Or do you have lunch plans? You might say, well, yeah, we do. You want to come over to our house? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of ways to do that. And it's super hard. And it's, and, and yeah. we, you know, we've talked about that, you know, probably at nauseum over the years. But just to sometimes put yourself out there Maybe my favorite prayer is God put someone in my path that really needs me, and hopefully we we can make some connections that way. All right, so we have two final questions from Jahimi. And Jamie, I just want to say we appreciate you always being uh, engaged in the conversation. <laughs> and uh, three questions this week, but um, yours were completely different than anyone else's. So we're going to tackle these last two together. What are the biological signs that someone is naturally destined and designed by God as his eunuch? And the second one was the original plan of Elohim in Genesis chapters one and two is to multiply, not stagnate. What fears and insecurities motivates one to singleness, if in any of those be besides being complete in Christ? Right, right. I think the expectation in the Old Testament, especially, I and mean, even in the New Testament, that we shouldn't isolate them. I guess there was that you were fulfilling God's will if you were if you were having children, if you were creating families, if you were. Uh, you know, establishing a lineage. I think that was, you know, kind of this idea that, you know, that's what we do as our, in our tribe. That's what God wants. Mm-hmm. That's why it was so hard for people who were barren to be accepted. And, you know, that's why women prayed that they would, would not, have. you know, they would yeah. not be barren. You know, I think as Christ outlines it again in, in Matthew 19, I think this is a really good piece to look at. Jesus says... Some are forced, you know, they're, they're, they're literally castrated, right? Yeah. And some are chosen. They choose this life. And then he says, some are born. So that's, boy, that's, Jesus is way ahead of his time mm-hmm. here when he's yeah. talking mm-hmm. about this. So he, Jesus automatically recognizes that there are differences, even though it doesn't come out in that culture there are differences in men and women, and even in Jesus' day, and Jesus sees it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. some people want to ignore it. Some people want to let it go. And some, so, so in terms of his predisposition question, uh, you know, I think what Jesus is saying is God recognizes it. Yeah. And that's really the most important thing, thing right now. Yeah. So for us to try to exclude or include, however we want to do it. Yeah. 
It's really important that we understand that Jesus saw it long before, before. we saw science doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's so. awesome. I hope those answer all the questions. They were great. And this is what we look for each week is we want you to be engaged with the message and what we're talking about. And this is the perfect platform for that. So as we wrap up, one of our whole life reflections asked a simple question. Have you found completion in Jesus? And I think that's really the question we need to be looking at and answering for ourselves. And this week upcoming, um, do we know if Ken's going to be here yet? Not sure. We're hoping. We're hoping. Yeah, we're just hoping. like last week, we <laughs> yeah. weren't sure, but he really wanted to hit that message, and he did, and it was fantastic. So right now, we are going on the premise that the message is, we are family, marriages arise, and that it will be Ken, mm-hmm. unless uh, something else comes up, and um, that's what we'll be expecting. And one thing, uh, Ken, I, I, I'm hoping that you're going to take time to listen to this, uh, even though you're out of town at the moment. I know you said Kyla didn't really approve of your joke, anesthesia joke. <laughs> But just know that from the second row, Ellie laughed and laughed, and then I laughed and laughed. She totally approved, and so she had a joke for you. She said, Pastor Ken, why do melons stay single? Because they can't elope. Oh, wow. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. So I hope wow. you- Wow, we had to get low on the ending of this. Okay. So I hope you appreciate that. I love dad jokes. And I know Ken does too. So Ken, that one's for you. I hope uh, it at least brightens your day a bit and uh, know that you are appreciated dad jokes and all. So that's going to do it for this week. Special thanks to Andrew Lee yeah, thanks, for thanks. coming be and being vulnerable up front. Oh, wow. That's always, a, that's always a thing. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Sure. Continue to share the podcast. Thank you for the feedback and have a great week.